All right. I didn't know we were supposed to talk about something uplifting. I took my uh, cue from Brother Howie from Wednesday night, and, uh, talking about uh, hell because it, most people don't want to hear about it. They don't talk about it. Uh, if you would turn to Luke 16, a very familiar passage in uh, Scripture uh, about the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, and this is not a parable. This is a true story. So that everything that he says in here actually happens. So this kind of defines where we're going to go a little bit. It said in verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared very sumptuously every day. Sounds like Americans. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. See, there's the, the people that are downtrodden, but yet the downtrodden are looking out after the downtrodden. The rich people don't take care of the way I see it. Anyway. Uh, so it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip his, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame." And then Brother Abraham, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou art uh, th in thy lifetime, receivest good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides us, there's a great gulf fixed, that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass from to us that would come from thence. So on this message here, I would like to say that uh, I would like for you to be an encouragement to the lost world, because they have a very deceptive idea what hell is. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to be in your house, and Lord, to bring this message before them. Lord, I pray that you would uh, get me out of the way, that you would use me, that you won't let me say anything that would be detriment to you, to, to you. Uh, to your son Jesus, Lord, I just pray that it would be uplifting, that you would give him encouragement, and Lord, just uh, let everything be done and, and orderly and, and, and would please you. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Well, a few things I thought about hell. There's very few people will tell you what hell is or what they think it is. Uh, hell is a place of fire. It says they're tormented in this, this man was tormented in his uh, into flames. So it's a place of sorrows, it's a place of torment, it's a place of hurt. Basically, it's a place of punishment for sinners. Hell was not made for humans, it was made for the devil and his angels. So it's not a place that we need to go. In our life here now on this earth, we go before a judge if we commit a crime and the judge will sentence us to a punishment. That punishment for God is hell. The punishment we get for the judge would be a certain length of time. God's punishment is eternal time. One thing I looked at 
uh, with Jesus on the cross. Jesus didn't come just to die. He came to die for our remission of our sins so that we might not have to experience the punishment of hell. Jesus, when he was beaten, he was tormented. And I would imagine the beating that he took felt like fire. Every time that cat of nine tails hit his back and ripped his flesh, that had to be such excruciating torments that he would be gnashing his teeth. Sure, he was weeping and probably wailing. The flesh part of him would be. So he's experiencing what he's showing us what is going to be experienced in the punishment that he gives for sin. Weeping, wailing, gnashing of his teeth. He bled and he died. He did go to hell. He took our sins there. Also it says that hell, um, he was tormented in the flames. Well, back in Matthew, it tells us that, uh, let's see, Matthew, I believe it's 5... Eleven, maybe. Yeah, let's see where my note is. Now it's Matthew. Okay, Matthew 5.22. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, but who shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. So hell is a place of fire. We don't know where physical hell is. It's been thought that it might be in the center of the earth because the center of the earth is all molten lava. Some say it could be the sun because it's so hot that it would burn it up. But God is so intense and his anger would be so hot against us. It would be, we just don't know where the literal hell is, but there is a literal hell. Because Jesus talks about hell more than when he preached than anything else. Matthew talks about hell more than any other of the Gospels. In Mark, it says uh, that's where the 944, uh, they have the hell fire, I mean the eternal fire, 944. So where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. So it's eternal fire. It's just going to burn and burn and burn. One thing about hell, God's love is not going to be there. There is going to be no mercy. There is going to be no grace. There's going to be no pardon. There's going to be no escape. We know there's no water because the rich man asked, to send Lazarus over to put a drop of water on his tongue because he was in torments. The absence of the attributes of God, the attributes are listed in Galatians, 
the meekness and the temperance and the, the love and, you know, God is light, so there's, God's not going to have his light shining in hell, so you're not going to see what's going on. I believe here where it said that he looked at the rich man, lifted up his eyes and looked and saw Abraham afar off because there was a great gulf fixed, that he was looking at um, paradise, not actual heaven. So he could see across to paradise, but they couldn't go back and forth. Well, once Christ was glorified and he went to hell and took our sins and dropped those off, he took those out. So now there's no paradise. It's strictly hell. It says in Psalms that hell is, will never be full. It, it keeps enlarging itself. Um, so the, sor the torment, the sorrow, um, Psalms said the sorrow uh, of death uh, compass me and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Uh, sorrow is, of, of hell is, is compassed me about. The sorrows of hell, that was in uh, Psalms 18.5 in 2 Samuel 22.6, the Bible says, the sorrows of hell compass me about. 18.5, the sorrows of hell compass me about. Psalm 116.3, the sorrows of death compass me and the pains of hell hold it. God thinks it's important to let us know he's repeating himself. How do you learn? Repetition. So the sorrows, you've got to tell people. So, hell is not, well, I'm going to meet my friends there and we're just going to party and have a good time. Well, you know, the party was canceled because of the fire. Yeah. So they have a misconception. They think, oh, God is so loving, he'll never send anybody to hell. That's a misnomer. He's long-suffering. God hates sin. He is going to punish sin. So you're going to have to get out of that punishment somehow. If there's no water in hell, there's no light in hell, there's no friends in hell, there's no party in hell, there's no food in hell. The other thing I thought about in here was when he's talking about the body that burns, it's fuel for hell. It's not our physical body because as we know, when we die, we're going to be laid in the grave. We're going to, the worms are going to, we're going back to the dust. What I believe he's, he's referring to is his, the soul's body, the body, we're going to have a soul body when we get to hell, and it's going to burn and burn and burn. Now, I was on the fire department out here back then. It was Mad River Township. It's Riverside now. And I did have one call, a house fire, and we rolled up, and we knew we had a victim because we could smell it. And the smell is totally different than anything else that you can ever imagine. Uh, so the stench is going to be really bad in hell. Now, it's probably not going to be the same thing, but uh, was in Hawaii one time and walked through the volcano areas where the lava vents were coming up, and the sulfur smells really hard to breathe. So if, this, if it's in the center of the earth, the smell is going to be sulfur. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be hard to breathe. Well, of course, can you breathe? I guess you can breathe. You're going to be conscious in hell because as the rich man was, he knew where he was. He knew what he was going through. He experienced this. He was thinking even about his family. Well, Lord, if you send somebody that rose from the dead. Well, Christ rose from the dead and the one guy on the cross got saved. The other one didn't. One got 
to go to paradise, the other one gets to go to hell. Did you ever wonder, you know, hell's a long, it's, it's going to be forever, eternity. Would the first person in hell would have been Cain? He'd have been there for 6,000 years so far. Judas would have been there 2,000 years so far. Would you, you know, stop and think about how long is it going to take before you realize this is not a place that you want to go? I have some, some uh, statistics here, some facts that I got from Dr. Ruckman. And uh, this is kind of, a, kind of alarming to me. Said in a poll by a professor at Northwestern University, cited by W.O.H. Garman, in the uh, present day trials of the worldwide apostasy, we find the following 96% of con congressional ministers do not believe in a literal hell. So, our politicians, you know, what are they? They don't, they don't believe it. 30% of Lutheran ministers do not believe in a literal hell. 96% of Episcopalian ministers, they don't believe in a literal hell. 85% of Presbyterian ministers, they don't believe in a literal hell. 92% of Methodist ministers don't believe in a literal hell. And, you know, we had some really great Methodist ministers way back, but we've all got soft. And 50% of Baptist ministers don't believe in a literal hell. The majority of the preachers no longer preach about hell because they don't believe in it. And they don't believe in it because they're headed there. That's a scary thought too. Amen. So if your pe preachers behind the pulpit are teaching their people that, oh, hell is not a, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. We need to tell more and more people. This year we should make it a real point to tell them that, hey, things are going to change, and if you don't get saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, ask Him to forgive you your sins, you're going to a place called hell, and it's not where you think it is. It's not what you think it is. It's going to be worse than you can ever imagine. Just think of all the pain and turmoil that you've ever experienced multiplied. I have to fill out a form each time I went to the doctor. What's your pain level from 1 to 10? Well, when you get to hell, it's going to be greater than 10. Amen. 